Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules. And this episode is in line with a series that I started last month, which is my different months in Iceland and what you can expect. So I've already done the Iceland in January, and of course now it's Iceland in February. So after a year, I'll have all the months and kind of the typical things that you can expect on average in these months. So of course, things may vary. And I will talk about that actually for this month, because we've had an interesting weather month we did for February. And in it, you can expect road conditions, or at least, you know, the idea of what the road conditions would be like in Iceland during February, what to wear or pack, what makes it worth it to visit during this month, some tips on driving, top activities and events that annually happen during this month. So while there are a lot of similarities to January, there are some interesting differences and I'm going to jump into those. Specifically with the weather, while February is a month of cold, potentially intense storms like January, it is usually a little bit warmer on average. So the range can be from negative one Celsius, so that's 30 degrees Fahrenheit, to highs of four degrees Celsius or 39 degrees Fahrenheit. This is interesting for the February we just had because we went from some very much lower temperatures in negative one to very high temperatures at the end. And we're still having temperatures that are above five degrees Celsius, so above 40 degrees, and even up to 10 degrees Celsius. Like I walked outside to go for, I try to go for at least a daily walk if I can, depending on if it's crazy windy or not. And that day where it was 10 degrees, it almost felt like summer. Now, granted, there is still this chill in the air that makes you know that it is not summer in Iceland. But the fact that it had gotten up to 10 and all the ice is gone is incredible. And it's been like that for at least a week. And we're expecting it to be a little bit longer before we dip back to below freezing. And this is something that when I'll get into regarding packing and like dressing in Iceland, can end up confusing people because it's like, wait, I've heard this is winter. Why are we, you know, feeling this intensely kind of warm weather? And there are a lot of factors. I mean, of course, climate change is part of that, but also the Gulf Stream comes up and it actually warms Iceland. So there are things that are happening in like weather patterns from other areas that are impacting the country. And that to me is fascinating and also pretty fun at times, plus 10 degrees, meaning like it might not be great for the longer impact, but to get a break from the ice, because in the beginning of this month, along with those low temperatures, we had intense ice, very dangerous conditions, just walking down the street, even downtown Reykjavik, because we were having a colder winter than normal to then having almost summer-like temperatures. So that's what I mean by like, for me at least, I was very happy to see the ice go away. And I have nothing against, of course, wearing my like microspecs or something, but it does get a little tiring having to put them on, take them off, or taking the chance not wearing them and then feeling a little bit afraid for, you know, my body and falling and hurting myself. But weather-wise, that's on average what you can expect. One of the big highlights of February are the daylight hours. 
This month is amazing because the darkest period is finally over. As I'd mentioned in the January episode, Icelanders and those who live here, we just get used to the fact that you're just waiting for January to be over. It's like considered this month where there are, you know, the holidays are pretty much done. There are some, of course, fun things that are happening, but the days are still short and it's the impact is felt. But now it's not like you have a huge holiday like Christmas or New Year's. And you're just trying to just get to the end of it when you know that the days at least feel more normal. I say that for growing up in New York or any other place where we don't have this extreme 24-hour bright days in the summer and very short days in the winter. So at the beginning of February, you can expect that there will be seven hours and six minutes of daylight. When you compare that to the beginning of January, There's only four hours and 23 minutes of daylight. So a big jump coming just at the beginning of February when in comparison, of course, to January. But then by mid-February, we have eight hours and 43 minutes of daylight. At the end of the month, there are 10 hours and two minutes of daylight. I will take all of them that I can get, to be honest, which is great for travelers because you can then be able to be out longer at these attractions The things that are most interesting, at least in my opinion, in Iceland, is that the nature is so gorgeous and it's free. I mean, in some places you have to maybe pay for parking, like a small parking fee. But other than that, like the waterfalls don't turn off, you know, they don't close them or anything. And that for me is really lovely that we get the opportunity, especially, of course, as the daylight starts to increase in terms of amount of time during the day, that we can just enjoy all of it. And my perspective, enjoying all of it can mean going out at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, with a car or something to a waterfall to get there before everybody else. And mostly the big buses, which actually brings me to the sponsor of this episode, which is Go Car Rental Iceland. And, you know, I'm a big fan. If you listen to some other episodes of driving yourself and during February, yes, I will get into the driving conditions in terms of the roads, but the studded tires on rental cars and go car rental Iceland, of course, does this, gives you enough traction. And of course, always make sure that you are checking the roads at safetravel.is before you head out and like the weather conditions. But go car rental Iceland is a local car rental company that has amazing customer service, a large variety of cars and very competitive rates. You can use my code Iceland10 to save 10% off your entire cost of your rental car. And that's on any rental car in their fleet that you would like to rent. People have often asked me if I recommend four-wheel drive or two-wheel drive. If you're not used to driving in the wintertime and you feel like you want to have a lot more potential control, then go for a four-wheel drive. I'm not saying you need to do that. I drive a four-wheel drive now. I used to drive a two-wheel drive and I did feel safe. The only reason why I started to get a four-wheel drive is that sometimes there is not enough clearance with the car when it comes to the amount of like ice or snow that builds up. So that kind of just depends on the winter conditions. But two-wheel drive, people drive those cars all the time. So like a Volkswagen Golf or something in that range or Renault Megane, and I'm just naming out random cars. I'm driving specifically a Mitsubishi Eclipse. It's like the... One that can also be plugged in as a hybrid. And I use that actually like for adventures I go on. So I personally use Go Car Rental Ison's cars to go on adventures. 
And so I do know about like the service and the cars themselves and things like that. And that's why I feel comfortable connecting with them in terms of for my audience, because I do think they're doing a great job and I love supporting the local companies as well. And one thing I think I've mentioned in a previous episode is that people have reached out to me telling them, telling me how much they've saved regarding using Kokoran to Iceland and this local company rather than some of the other big international names, just because sometimes they charge more for having the name. But, you know, I always recommend doing a price comparison and definitely use my code in that price comparison to see if it gives you a much better rate. And of course, you can check out in the show notes of this episode my ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland because that will help you a lot too just with what you should look out for. Check that out. So in terms of road conditions, they will vary. And as you already heard, we had in the beginning of February conditions that were intense, very icy, and sometimes a little bit scary. But I still was traveling during that time. And the roads were really not that bad, especially on the ring road. Most people were doing the main attractions you know you're not going of course into the highlands because those roads are closed but also you're not going like to the west fjords and in some of these other places so you end up having an amazing opportunity to see an awesome parts of the country on roads that are really good and and mostly taken care of now granted because of the things that happen like the salt or you know the changing of the temperatures and stuff the roads can get eroded a little bit but overall, you can expect to be on paved roads. There are some gravel roads, as I mentioned. Also, nail tires on rental car company on rental cars is I don't know if it's mandatory, but I know that the car companies do it for sure. I, I don't know of any company that doesn't do it because it's in their best interest to make sure that people are keeping as safe as possible. The only thing, of course, is like the wind gusts that can shake the car a bit when you're on the road. And that can be a little bit unsettling for some people, but just keep both hands on the on the wheel. You'll be okay. And like I mentioned, just checking the weather report and how windy it is. And maybe in some places, even if there's not like a severe weather warning, if it does look pretty high in terms of the wind, it might be better just to go somewhere else or do an inside activity. You know, you can use your, your judgment for it for sure. and. I always, and emphasizing this too, is just helpful for people that if you're on the roads, particularly when they're icy, go at the speed that you feel comfortable just so that you're not feeling like you'll easily get out of control with the car. On to what to wear in February. Of course, my answer is going to be based off of the winter list. So thinking about the fact that it is very cold here sometimes, not as bad as I've experienced in New York or Maine. I remember I visited Bangor, Maine, I think it was. And it was like bone chilling cold. Some of the worst cold I experienced. So wearing your outer layer like parka or some type of coat like that. Of course, having the mid layer where it's, I like to wear a lopa pesa, but it also can be something that is synthetic, like Prima Loft I talked about from Synthamani. And you can use my code there if you want to get clothing from them because they also have amazing clothing that's built for or designed for Icelandic weather. And so you can use Jewels, J-E-W-E-L-L-S as a code online at Synthamani if you want to get like an awesome jacket, pants, some long johns that were made for Icelandic conditions. And you can save 15% with that. So 
I, though, like, that's not necessarily, you can, of course, have the stuff that you need and buying them in different areas. But using my ice and pack and checklist for winter, just because that layering system, it was built to ensure that your base layer keeps you from sweating too much or like, you know, keeping you dry enough and then insulating you and then protecting you from wind and water. This honestly is the best advice in terms of how to deal with it, because as you heard when I talked about the temperatures, it can change and it's nice to be able to take stuff off and know that if you just happen to be one of those people that experience sort of Icelandic summer in February, that you had the clothing for it. And then when it went, dipped back down to negative five degrees Celsius or something, again, you were able to adjust appropriately. Boots with good grip, always necessary. And honestly, some people wear their boots the whole time. I do suggest sometimes to bring a different pair of shoes to give your feet a break from the boots if your boots are really stiff. If not, then you should be fine. On to a question that I feel like is a fair one, which is why you should visit Iceland in February, especially if it's going to be cold, wintry, icy, potentially dangerous storms or just even the ice that is piled up. This is a very awesome time to come if you like to avoid people. And if you enjoy a potential winter wonderland landscape. So yes, with all that ice does come a lot of beauty. And in particular, if you think about like totally frozen or half frozen waterfalls. And because there's not a lot of trees in Iceland, you often can see very far. And it makes it feel like Iceland is way larger than it is. Now granted, it's decent size for sure. But on a map, it doesn't look that big because in comparison to other places, it's not. Meaning like uh, other land masses. I mean, it's an island. So on its own, it looks so tiny in comparison. But um, yeah, being able to avoid large crowds, quite nice. Especially when you're going to some of these bigger attractions like Skogafoss or even around the Golden Circle. It feels like you get the opportunity to explore. And if you can dress well enough, you can stay out longer than most of those other people. Because even those who are out on a bus, they're on a very tight time schedule. And this is why I like the whole, you know, driving on your own. Because then you get the opportunity to stay at that place. Like I remember I was filming a video there at Skogafoss in particular. And I don't know how many different groups came. But I was able to stay out there for quite some time and enjoy, take breaks, go back to the car if I needed and get some really cool shots. And I really enjoyed just knowing that I was on my time, had the opportunity to do it the way I wanted it, and I didn't have to, like, kind of be herded around. And I, again, I, I don't want to make it seem like taking a bus is a bad thing. If you feel comfortable doing it, please do that. I'm just saying for myself, and I know that there's a decent amount of people also who have this same feeling about going on their own. And during the low season, you have even more opportunity to feel like you're getting the most out of the attraction because there's so much less people. And of course, the Northern Lights. We've had insane Northern Lights. The other day, there were pink Northern Lights. It's just not only by themselves, but such a huge portion of them were pink, and it was so gorgeous. So I do think coming in February, if you have that on your bucket list, it is worth it, because there's this nice combination that's starting to happen where you have longer daylight hours, so you can go out, see a lot of really cool things in terms of nature or go to do things, you know, when it's actually light outside. But then you still have enough nighttime 
And they're talking about how there's more solar flare activity happening. Like we're going on this upswing. And that might be why this year we've been having such amazing Northern Light shows. Keep that in mind. Don't know how long that's going to last. And so meaning like it might be like the next year as well. So planet are coming around for if you want to see the Northern Lights going in either December, January or February of next year because you might be one of those people who gets really fortunate to see them during your stay. I hope you do. I'll keep my fingers you know, crossed for you. And there are activities that go along with this time of the year besides the Northern Lights. Of course, the Northern Lights is the biggest for most people. But if you're adventurous and you want to see something really cool, going on an ice cave tour, amazing. This is limited. These ice cave tours are limited to the winter because of stability. Glacier tours, you can go on any time of the year, but it's very different in the wintertime because it's normally this really cool, icy blue. In the summer, when the sun hits the glacier ice, it makes it turn white. And so you end up having a different experience, still really beautiful, but not as icy blue. And sometimes when like a crevasse or something, you might be able to experience the icy blue, but it's just a totally, totally enchanting, beautiful, icy blue block sitting up there to explore. It's really cool. I enjoy it so much. And then things like snowmobile tours, skiing and snowboarding, in the north of Iceland in particular, that's a really big activity. And Troll Peninsula is, is where a lot of people go. Also, if you want to do any type of skiing or snowboarding close to Reykjavik, then you go to Blaufjot. I'll have that in the show notes, actually. I'll write that down just so I can share the information. Because there might be some people out there that just want to do it for the heck of it. And then winter road trips. So whether you decide to base yourself in Reykjavik, which I know some people were doing or you stay out in the countryside, meaning you have nights that you're staying at maybe in south or the west, the north. Those are all really great places to travel when you're here in Iceland. Of course, Reykjanes Peninsula. Going to the west fjords, I don't recommend that. Not during this time of the year. Things can happen where the road gets closed or blocked off because of snow. Same thing with like the east. It's a little bit more complicated in terms of certain areas. and. The, it's really beautiful, though, but of course, I don't want you to put yourself in a position where, you know, it derails your plans because winter in Iceland can end up being, of course, variable, but way more so than in the summertime. It's just the elements of snow, ice, storms. Yeah, it can be a little scary. And some people have experienced that and just put them off from wanting to be in Iceland during the wintertime. But again, just knowing what you should and shouldn't do, I think will allow you to have a safe, wonderful time. So please don't think of it as being off-putting, but rather just stay informed so you can make great decisions for you and whoever's traveling with you. February events in Iceland, the Winter Lights Festival, super nice. This happens in Reykjavik, uh, specifically downtown like they're projecting lights onto the iconic Hatlgrimskirke church on different areas, different light displays. They also have installations from artists. It's very cool. And then they also have the Art in Light Festival, which happens in the East. And on the About page for the List i Ljosi, which is the translation in English as Art in, in the Light, Every year, the award-winning Listi Liosi Festival celebrates the return of the sun to a remote 
East Iceland Fjord. During the final two days of darkness, the town of Seydisfjordur turns off all of its lights and welcomes a selection of international and national artists to illuminate the wild landscape with contemporary artworks on a thrilling scale. Alongside the unique outdoor exhibition, this renowned free festival attracts visitors and participants from across the globe to experience a program of film screenings, performances, and events to both generate and gather a creative community. So this is in the East. Say this Fjord is amazing. And of course, like I said, driving there can be potentially intense. I've driven there in summertime, but I've also driven there in May. Last May, I was there, the camper van, and there was still ice because you have to go up into the mountains. There was an ice in a- in Eosalir, which is where I started from after I got to the East. But once I went up the mountain to the you know mountain area to get into the fjord, it was icy, like a lot of ice. And I was like, whoa. And I was in a car that had summer tires or all year tires, maybe, whichever. They did, they weren't studded. And it worked out fine, to be fair. But it, I was definitely driving a lot slower and it was foggy and stuff. So just be prepared for the fact that if you want to go to a festival like that, which sounds amazing. And actually, I'm maybe I'll look into doing that in the future. I, that would be a, where I would have a four-wheel drive, for sure. And... Yeah, be really aware of what the weather conditions are up on the mountain, in particular wind, but of course how much snowfall is there because they have had to close that road before. So yeah, sounds sounds like fun though. Before I move on to the random fact of the episode, just again want to thank the sponsor of the episode, Go Car Rental Iceland. And just a reminder, if you want to rent a car from them, use my code Iceland10 to save 10% on all of your rental cost. All right, so this actually has nothing to do with the month of February in particular, but I just thought it was kind of fun to share. In Bredosvik, which is in East Iceland, people were, like on the news in Iceland, it's so funny to see what comes up because a walrus, a grumpy walrus apparently, who they nicknamed Thor, ended up deciding to to take some time in Bredosvik, you know, just to chill out. and. I guess maybe he was, you know, so grumpy he was trying to get away from the other walruses. Who knows? But he didn't realize that he was getting into, you know, stardom. And I'm not so sure if he was a fan of it because whenever people were passing by and taking pictures of him and stuff like that, he would react. And there was even like a drone that was flying near him. So if anyone got really close, he would rise up and like do this sound that's like bellowing. And then emit a foul plume of steam. This is like, clearly this animal does not want anything to do with any of you. People were throwing frozen herring his way, but he was not, he was not feeling it. He kind of gives off cat vibes, to be honest. Like, I want you to, you know, serve me when I want you to, but I'm not interested in otherwise. So leave me alone. <laughs> and I respect that. But I just thought it was a funny story because we are often like hearing so many intense news stories like about the strikes and stuff that I talked about in another episode or even uh oh another fun one was there are these whales in Hapnafjord there so not too far from Reykjavik like a 14 20 minute drive depending on how fast you go and or what area of Hapnafjord that you're in but in the harbor they, you could see whales and that was really cool because that's not very often that they're just right there where there's a lot of people because often then people have boats, and especially in the summertime, they would go too close to them, which would drive them farther out to sea, which is why 
whale watching tours usually have to go so far out is that the whales are in places where it's much more quiet and not as disturbed. So, all right. The Icelandic word of the episode is how you say the word February in Icelandic, which is februar. 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 As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful for you. Learn a little bit about what you can expect in February. Lakatier, Kalegar, Fidif, Athusta, Og, Shams, Flotlega.